It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 257 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, January 10th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show on Twitter as well, Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. Of course, Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams and all 32 NFL teams. Uh, you can also listen to shows like Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke. You can find those all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. It's a great resource if you want to find the local angle on uh, any of the biggest stories going on around the NFL or the NBA. It's uh, it's awesome. And if you find a show that you like, make sure you subscribe and rate it. Uh, subscribe to and rate it on iTunes. Uh, you can do that with us. Find Locked On Raptors on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. It really helps with algorithms and just sort of backroom iTunes dealings that I don't really know how it all works. But it very much helps. It makes us more visible. It makes people find the show more easily and more accessibly. Uh, so please do that. It takes no time at all. It's free to do. It takes like literally five seconds. You don't even have to leave like a long review. You can just leave a short one. Say, hey, five stars. Sean's awesome. Done. That's so easy. And my ego is so happy when you do that. So please do that. Uh, and uh, help the show out on iTunes. All right. On today's show, going to dive into last night's game against the Miami Heat. Uh, not a great game to watch. It was pretty uh, much a slog. It reminded me a lot of that playoff series from a couple years ago. Uh, just not the most attractive game of all time. But uh, lots of stuff to get into that one, of course, with the Raptors losing by 1.9089 on a very bizarre last possession with uh, some other sort of extracurricular stuff going on throughout the game. Um, just an ugly game overall. So we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today. And that, of course, is Draft. Fantasy basketball fans. Listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, you got to try my new favorite app, and that is Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night. There's no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. That's right. Drafts start from just $1. There's free ones on there, too. But if you want to make some bucks, go for $1. You can go for $3, $5, $9, $50, $100, thousands of dollars if you really want to be a high roller. Uh, so there's a draft for everybody. There's no salary caps. You play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. You can challenge your friends. You can challenge people you follow on there. It's a really great way to sort of keep engaged. If there's a night of basketball you're not particularly interested in, maybe the Raptors aren't playing, but you still want to watch some hoops, well, no, no better way to sort of keep uh, rooting interest in some teams by playing with Draft. It's great. Come and join me on Draft today. Just download the app anytime. Search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes, or play right from your computer on Draft.com, whatever you want. In Canada, there's not yet an app for Android. Uh, I believe they're working on that. I will update you if there is one that comes down. Uh, but the, the draft.com interface is really easy to use. So if you have an Android app uh, or an Android device, just go to draft.com on your browser uh, and play from there. 
For a limited time only as well, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code to do it, and that promo code is LORAPTORS. That's LORAPTORS as in Locked on Raptors, all one word. That's right, you play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LORAPTORS on your first deposit on draft. Every Wednesday is Draft Wednesday on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. I'm recording this on Wednesday. There's like a thousand drafts from Locked On hosts sitting in the lobby right now. So if you follow the Locked On NBA account, you'll be able to join all the, the, the listener drafts that just kind of replenish every every time it fills up. It's a four-person draft that always refills. Uh, you follow Locked On Jazz, Locked On Celtics. All these different podcasts are hosting leagues for their listeners and people who want to join in, and I do that as well. Each Wednesday, if you follow me, Locked On Sean, right on there. It's super easy. Just follow me. Uh, you'll see all the drafts that I post. I'll invite you to them. Uh, there's a couple guys right now that we just kind of have like a standing date every week. Uh, Adam Daniels and Matt Duffy. Uh, we just kind of have a standing, yeah, we're going to play a three-person league, and it's going to be a good time. Try to get some more people involved, because it's really fun. Um, so please, sign up for Draft today. Uh, use the promo code Raptors and join me on there every Wednesday and throughout the week as well. Just feel free to challenge me. I get notifications, uh, and I'm happy to play you at any time during the week. All right, let's get into this game against the Heat. Um, first of all, people got to chill a little bit. <laughs> it was like the Raptors' like fourth loss in the last 25, 26 games, 24 games. Uh, everything's fine. It's not falling to the earth right now. Everything's good. The game against the Nets on Monday was ugly and annoying, but the Nets are ugly and annoying, and they are frustrating to play. So, like, the fact that they went to overtime on the road uh, to close a road trip, I'm not super concerned about that, to be honest. Um, the game against the Heat, there's a few more, you know, causes for concern, I suppose. Um, but even then, it wasn't like they played that poorly. They ended up coming back late in that one, too. Um, you know, they were pretty listless through the first three quarters, but they had a pretty solid fourth quarter, and they, and they made it back. Um, and just some late-game execution stuff, and, like, they were in the position to win this game. Like, they easily could have won this game. Um, so not everything's falling to shit. Um, the Raptors have blown out teams, I think, for the last month or so, so maybe it's a little bit of a, a shock to see them not blow a team out. But, you know, all, all told, they played a pretty good game against the Heat. They, uh, you know, at least on defense they did. Offensively, it was rough, and we'll get into that. But on defense, held the Heat to just 40%. They held them to 4 of 22 from deep. Obviously, that's a bit of variance, but, uh, you know, they, they were pretty decent there. Uh, Josh Richardson, who's been, as we talked with Wes Goldberg this week, I mean, the Raptors held Josh Richardson to just six points on three of 13 shooting. Um, you know, Wes said yesterday that he thinks Josh Richardson's the best player on the team right now. So uh, they did a pretty good job there. Kelly Olynyk didn't get going very much. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, he feasted on the boards, and that's a thing we'll definitely get to. But um, I, I don't think the Raptors played particularly poorly on defense. The offense was another story. And I think this is kind of where you see uh, not having Kyle Lowry, as it turns out, not having the best player on your team makes your team a little bit less good. Um, and that's kind of, you know, I saw some people pretty, like, just melting down after the game last night. Like, oh, man, they're going to get beaten by 50 by the Cavs on Thursday now. It's all falling to shit. Like, it's not falling anywhere. Um, the Raptors are 28-11. and 11. Even if they lose the next two games after the disappointing loss to the Heat, um, you know, they are going to be 28-13 and 13 at the half halfway point and that's the all-time record for the team so uh everything's looking up at this point but yeah with the the way against the way it went against the heat it wasn't the best obviously they came up pretty slow and lethargic obviously the second night of a back-to-back uh coming home from a road trip you know i didn't really expect the raptors to be just like bursting onto the scene in that game um but you know it kind of carried along with them for most of the game into the fourth quarter where just like the offense it took a long time to get things going not having kyle lowry out there you know it really sort of hampers demar Derozan's ability to get free because lowry is such a threat when he's on the court and you know 
know, DeLon Wright's great. But as we saw in the closing minutes of that game against the Nets on Monday, like DeLon's just a different kind of player that teams don't really game plan around quite the same. I mean, we saw in that final play, DeMar, you know, got the ball from DeLon and everyone converged on DeMar. No one was worried about DeLon getting the ball. If Kyle Lowry's on the court and there's just another guy you really have to pay attention to. And DeLon, well, as good as good as he is, and he was pretty good last night, he had some great finishes around the basket, uh, 13 points, seven boards, four assists, five of nine shooting as a starter. Uh, he was pretty solid. Like there wasn't anything bad about DeLon Wright's game, but like he's just a different kind of player out there. He brings a different presence to the game than Kyle Lowry does. And you know, we talk about it all the time. Kyle Lowry just is ridiculous in terms of his, uh, you know, his advanced numbers, uh, still near the top of the league at RPM and all these numbers, blocks plus minus, all these things that uh, sort of portray impact on the court. And without Kyle, you're losing that guy who makes such a significant impact. So um, I'm not surprised the Raptors looked less good last night than they normally would. Here's hoping Kyle comes back soon. Uh, it's, it's come out since, I think, our last podcast that it's uh, an acute back spasm um, and a bruised tailbone. Like, that, he's probably going to miss some time, and I think they should probably take it easy with him, but that's not something that you would think, like, that's going to hamper him going forward for the next month or so. Uh, it should be a re- re- relatively short-term thing, and when he's back, you know, you figure that it's probably pretty much healed. Um, this isn't, like, a back injury or anything like that. This could have been a bad back injury, and that would have sucked a lot. It's a bone bruise, um, which obviously is painful as hell, and... And it was a really scary play, but um, you know Kyle's going to be back, and I think the, the the way the Raptors played last night, you know Demar going ten of twenty nine from the field, twenty five points, barely got to the line, just four times. Like I think we're going to see when Kyle's back, like the offense will get back to what it normally is. And we saw this last year when Kyle went out. The Raptors' offense, I mean, the Raptors went 14-7, and seven, but the offense wasn't very good. Uh, it was mostly just defense, and that was kind of the same formula for last night's game. It was, you know, the Raptors played solid defense for most of the night. Um, they couldn't really close possessions out, which was what killed them. Of course, they got out-rebounded 64-37. Um, just ugly. They gave up 20 offensive boards. Uh, like, we've seen this kind of crop up for the Raptors in the past this season where... They, you know, they'll go small, or another team will just have a couple big dudes out there, and bam, out of bio. Good God, Bam Adebayo was good last night. 16 points, 15 boards for him, 8 of 14 shooting. Um, and he had five of those offensive boards himself. Hassan Whiteside have had six of them. Like, that, that was a really tough sort of look for the Raptors to go up against. I'm not sure what you could have done to counteract it. I mean, the obvious thing is play Jonas Valanciunas a bit more late in the game, and I've seen that on Twitter today. It's something that people were saying, like, oh, yeah, they should have played Jonas more. They shouldn't have played Pirtle in the fourth quarter, blah, 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 blah. Pirtle played, like, what, four minutes in the fourth quarter? Like, I'm not concerned about that all that much. Uh, they were without Serge Ibaka, of course, who I guess I buried that lead. He's suspended for the game against the Cavs on Thursday, which is not great. Uh, he got in a little tussle with James Johnson. And so the Raptors were kind of without options to go big against the Heat late because Jonas Valanciunas, as good as he is rebounding, he was not particularly good last night. Uh, just three boards for him in 21 minutes, which is well below what he would average on a per 36-minute basis. Um, but also just his pick-and-roll defense was just brutal. He got ripped apart by Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside a bunch of times, Bam Adebayo as well. Um, and that's the problem with Valanciunas, and that's the reason why he kind of limits the Raptors' you know, potential when he's on the court, just because he can't defend that very basic play uh, with any sort of consistency. So I understand why the Raptors didn't keep him out there. The Raptors held Miami to 18 points in the fourth quarter, despite all those offensive rebounds. Um, you know, the defense was getting the job done, and I'm not sure there would have been the opportunity for so many offensive boards for the Heat had Valanciunas been out there, just because the the buckets would have come much easier. Um, I believe Jakob Pertl in his minutes out there, he had like a plus, plus 59 rating in the fourth quarter. I saw during one of the Twitter back and forth that was going on today, I think between Joe Wolfond and uh, 
Gavin McPherson, maybe, from, from Raptors Republic. Either way, uh, the Raptors didn't have a ton of options without Surge and, and the way Jonas was playing defense. And it was just like kind of a thing where I think the Raptors were hoping maybe they could just go with an all-offense lineup and potentially force the hand of the Heat, which I kind of liked, actually. I mean, the Heat are, you know, Eric Spolcher's a great coach, and they're going to kind of go with what they think they're going to go with. And if they have a lineup that they think is working, like that... You know that the Heat. I think we're trying to do what the Raptors. I think we're trying to do to the Heat, which was force the other team's hand to force them to, to make a change in personnel who's on the court. Um, and like I think the Raptors and Dwayne Casey, like they've been kind of reactive in the past, right? Like they would see what a team would do and they'd quickly make a change to sort of suit their their personnel to match the style of whatever team, uh, whatever the other team was throwing out there. Whereas last night, it felt like the Raptors and, and Heat were kind of engaged in a battle of different styles, and that was kind of cool. Like kind of cool to see. Um, we rarely see that, and with the Raptors, that's kind of been the, the bugaboo with Casey, right? Is that he's too reactive and not proactive enough. Um, and so the fact that he was out there, and despite the bigs on the court for Miami, he stuck with his small lineups, which you know that was the best offensive quarter the Raptors had yesterday. Um, and the fact that. He that it almost pulled out a win. I mean, it really did. I mean, Norm Powell missed a three uh, late in that game that would have put the Raptors up either two or three or something like that. It was just a really awful, brutal miss for for Norm. It was wide open, um, the kind of shot that he would hit if this were the playoffs last season or against the Pacers in uh, twenty sixteen. So uh, you know, lots of things went into this game that were wrong, and I, I kind of like Casey's decision to stick small and sort of try to force Miami's hand by by you know crushing them offensively. Obviously the shots weren't falling quite enough for it to be such a disparity that Miami had to pull out the big lineup with Bam and Hassan Whiteside but I do like the idea behind it and I, I think that was totally you know defensible if you're Casey like maybe you could have thrown in Jonas but uh, I, I like the idea of sticking small and trying to force the, the hand of the heat because that's something that Raptors have not typically done in the past. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I've been beating around the bush for most of this podcast. I think it's time probably to get to the deciding play of this game. So first of all, with the Raptors, uh, they were up 87, they're down 88-87. DeMar goes in, does very much DeMar ISO. uh, One of those situations where if he missed, we would have a Twitter meltdown probably because, oh, the offense is reverted back. But that's what you do in late games. That's like late and close games most of the time to ensure that you're not turning the ball over to give it to your best player. Um, DeMar's good and ISO. So, and he made it happen there. He missed the, the original layup, um, but he got his offensive rebound, put it back. You know, shouts to Hassan Whiteside for just letting him get the offensive board. Um, Hassan Whiteside's really bad, guys. I cannot stand watching that dude play. He played 30 minutes last night because he played crunch time in that big lineup, but he was not particularly good. He had a few defensive miscues where Eric Spolster went nuts um, and had they not been crushing on the board so much, I, I doubt Hassan would have finished that game, as Wes mentioned a couple days ago or in, the, in yesterday's podcast. Like, Hassan Whiteside hasn't been closing games very often for the Heat because he 
is not very good. <laughs> um, like he's like he gets the big numbers, blah blah blah. But like he wasn't good on offense. He was six of sixteen. Like that dude should be shooting better than six of sixteen. Um, he missed a couple of putbacks. His defense is not particularly good. The rebounding was what kept him in the game, and it ultimately was part of why the Raptors ended up losing. But um, like Whiteside almost gave its back to the Raptors with that offensive board that uh, he probably should have grabbed over DeRozan, but instead just kind of let him have it. Um, so yeah, the Raptors go up eighty nine eighty eight. I think there's six seconds on the clock when that happens, um, and the, the the heat call timeout. It goes down. Goran Dragic is on the inbound, and this was the exact same set. I think it was uh, might have been Matt Moore who pointed this out on Twitter yesterday. Uh, it might have been someone else who did it before Matt, but Matt commented on it as well. It's the exact same play that the Heat ran uh, with Josh Richardson getting that bucket to win the game against Utah over the weekend. Um, there was just obviously a different end, a different end result, and the Raptors defended it differently, of course, and it ended up having a different option for the, the Heat to go to. So what happens on this play? It's hard to really say. It's such, and everything happens so fast, right? But what I think essentially happens here, it boils down to this. Uh, OG and Norm were supposed to switch on the play. If you think back of the, to that play against the Bucks, uh, the final play of regulation against the Bucks last Monday on uh, New Year's Day, um, the Raptors switched flawlessly on that final play. They had OG ended up on Giannis. They had uh, DeMar. He was well in Mark, uh, Malcolm Brogdon's grill. Everyone else was squared off. No one. There was no options, no outlets for Brogdon. It was a great defensive play uh, by the Raptors. A good a good example of team defense and just sort of how far along they've come. Um, and it was just really intelligent switching defense. Against the Heat, didn't quite work so well because, and I think this is probably going to boil down to having a lot of young players on the court. The three guys you could probably name as the culprits on this play were Norm Powell, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam. It seemed like the plan was for Norm and OG to potentially switch. Instead, Norm fights through a screen that he's probably not supposed to fight through. Um, and then it looks like Siakam and OG get their wires crossed as to whether or not they were going to switch, uh, as to whether or not uh, OG was going to switch on to Ellington in the corner. Uh, that didn't happen, of course. Uh, Dragic finds Ellington in the far right right corner Siakam closes out on Ellington which like in fairness Wayne Ellington as we talked about yesterday that dude just bombs threes he attempted 12 threes yesterday in 35 minutes um he's only three of 12 which was nice because he normally is just blistering the nets but you know I understand you know Siakam's impulse to go close out really hard on Wayne Ellington in the corner especially on the final play of the game because that is a you know if you're not in his grill that's gonna probably come back to bite you but uh, Ellington noticed that Siakam came way too hard, overcommitted on the on the closeout. Uh, Ellington blows by, gets the layup, game over. There's no time left. Demar almost made the the heave. Uh, it probably wouldn't have counted, but it was kind of crazy. Demar almost made the heave from like 90 feet um, after the make, which would have been fun either way if it had got, if it had counted or not. Um, but either way, the Raptors lose the game. There's a little fisticuffs after the game with Demar Derozan and Goran Dragic. Uh, Demar Rosen got fined 25k today. Uh, Dragic got 10. Both James Johnson and Serge Ibaka got suspended. Weird game with lots of sort of testiness. But either way, the, the Raptors. I think that final play it kind of boils down to just young players and people can get upset about it and yeah like there were multiple mistakes made on that defensive possession at the same time this is kind of the underbelly of this season that we've kind of forgotten about because things have gone so damn well with all the young guys but like this was always going to be a season in which young guys made mistakes and that was part of the plan like you're not gonna you know incorporate a bunch of young dudes into the team and not expect them to make young dude mistakes and they did exactly that on that play 
Um, you know, OG has been fantastic defensively so far this season. He had a ridiculous possession on Bam yesterday when Bam was kind of heating up. Um, and, like, the, the, the strides that he's made defensively have been far beyond what anyone should have expected. So for, you know, him, Siakam, and Powell to all kind of get their wires crossed on a defensive play, when you're missing Kyle Lowry, you're missing Serge Ibaka, like, they're relying on young guys late in this game to, to close it out. I mean, that's part of the journey of this season that we've kind of jumped over so far, but I feel like there's still going to be moments where the, these things crop up, and they did very much on the final six seconds of that game against the Heat. And... As bad as it was, as, as disappointing it is for the Raptors to have clawed back in that game, uh, a game that I kind of thought was going to be totally over after the third quarter, just didn't think the Raptors had it. But uh, you know, for the Raptors to claw back and then lose it at the end on that play because of the the, the, the signals crossed by by the, by the young players, it's a bummer. But at the same time, it's a learning experience. Like Pascal Siakam is going to learn from that mistake and, and learn from that uh, intense closeout that he made on, on on Ellington. And we're going to see OG probably refine his switching ability, and we'll probably see Norm Powell not fight through that screen next time and his dead switch um i mean hopefully norm was pretty rough again last night uh he had a couple nice plays it seemed like he bounced back a bit played 24 minutes um and seemed like there were a couple moments of positivity from him but a couple of big mistakes as well that 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 play of course at the end but the defensive switching uh the missed three as well just before that in the final minute or so um but still like i think these guys are going to learn from it, and that's part of the journey of this season. Um, had Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry been playing, maybe those guys aren't even on the court. Maybe, you know, Siakam's out there. Siakam's definitely not playing, I don't think, and neither is Norm. Um, so for those guys to have that situation where they're learning from it, like, that's, you know, in the long run, probably a good thing. It's a bummer to lose the game in the moment, especially with such a big week coming up with games that you're probably expecting to lose against the Cavs and Warriors, although I think the expectation of, of a loss has kind of gone in hand a little bit but from people like people are going a little nuts like I had someone say yesterday that the Raptors are going to lose by 50 to the Cleveland Cavaliers like no they're not it's going to be fine um, either way uh, that play learning experience move on from it I suppose um, and I don't think it means anything negative for the rest of the season like it's just one of those things that we haven't really been exposed to so far this year with the young guys being so far ahead of the curve uh, but it's something that you know it's probably a good thing that these things happen because these are you know instances in which Dwayne Casey can go to these guys in a film meeting and say all right this is where you guys screwed up learn from that and that is part of the journey of being a young player part of what this season was supposed to be all about before the Raptors won every single game in December um, and I still think that should be part of what the plan is going forward I mean part of having a, ro- a 12-man rotation with so many young guys is like being able to live with mistakes and being okay with them and sort of using them as teaching opportunities and I think that is exactly what that final play against the Heat is going to be the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so before the podcast, I decided to take a couple questions as well, just because I felt like I had enough time with it being a solo pod and whatnot. Uh, so let's get to a couple here. This one comes from Matt Duffy, um, yeah, my friend from Draft. Once again, sign up for Draft. Hello, Raptors, the code to get a free entry. Either way, uh, Matt Duffy, how is DeMar DeRozan fine more than Isaiah Thomas with Kyle Lowry and Ibaka out? Does it make sense to rest DeMar and just take the L um, on Thursday? 
first of all, I don't really care that he was fined 5K more than Isaiah Thomas. It was a post-game thing as opposed to Isaiah's being an in-game thing. I guess that's it. I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, they're very rich people. 5K is ultimately inconsequential, so who cares? Um, in terms of Thursday with DeMar DeRozan, the Raptors aren't resting DeMar DeRozan on Thursday. There's a whole reason, bunch of reasons why they shouldn't rest DeMar. Um, I think, first of all, the new resting rules, I think, would kind of prohibit that. It's a nationally televised game. Um, I'm actually not entirely sure what the new resting rules are. They're kind of vague to me, but um, I don't think they're going to do that. They're not going to face any sort of penalty for resting DeMar. I can't imagine DeMar would want to rest for that one either. This is also the, the part of the equation that people kind of forget about is, like, the player is not going to take this quietly either if you're saying, all right, you're not playing against the Cavaliers, the team that beat you in the playoffs last season. Yeah, so the other thing too, right? They're not going to, like, openly lay down in a game against the Cavs, a team they're trying to measure themselves against. Like, I feel like you want to have at least something to pull from that game. And if you're not playing your three best players, you can't really take much in terms of learning about how you play the Cavs and sort of trying to figure out holes in what the Cavs, you know, might have in, in their sort of game plan against you and how you can kind of exploit it. Like, yes, they don't have Kyle probably and, and Serge will be suspended, but I don't think it makes sense to risk DeMar and sort of, yes, it's a busy week and yes, there was just a back-to-back, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't think it makes a ton of sense because you want to have at least some sort of usable film. And obviously it's different because there's no Kyle and Surge and the, and the Cavs are going to play you differently. But like, I'd still like to see how DeMar fares in this game. And, you know, there's every chance like the Cavs have lost to teams that are bad so far this season too. Their defense sucks. It's the 29th ranked defense in the league. Um, like the Raptors should be able to score in this one. Um, whether or not they can defend, who knows? But like, I, I still like, I feel like they have like a fighter's chance against the team that doesn't care about the regular season. Um, uh, uh, more than anyone else, so I, I'm not too concerned about DeMar playing. Yeah, big picture, blah, 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 that's fine, but like we saw, like, injuries happen either way, man. Like, Kyle has been kept back, his minutes have been decreased significantly this season, and he still got hurt. Like, injuries are going to happen, I don't expect DeMar to get hurt, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I just, I feel like, just put him out there, don't lay down in front of LeBron, nationally televised game and all that stuff, just have DeMar go out there. There's been a lot of hype about DeMar lately as well. Uh, the podcast with Woj this week, a couple pieces out there um, on different websites. I think Michael Pina wrote about him, friend of the show. Um, so just, I don't know, it's fine. <laughs> just play DeMar. They're not going to rest them. I don't see them doing that in any situation. Uh, next one here from DaVince at Tool SC. Um, three, three O's in that tool. Uh, JV deserved more playing time with a recent performance. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, no. I think... I'm not going to relitigate the JV argument, even though people like to do that every damn time a game happens. Um, JV's the same guy he's always been. He's bad at defending pick and rolls. He's good at rebounding. He's good for easy offense if the rest of your offense is kind of falling apart. Um, and he has his good and bad matchups. Like, he's been the same guy for, for however long. I have no problem with the way Dwayne Casey is using him this season. Like, there are certain matchups where he's really good. There's certain matchups where he's not. Uh, so I don't really want to dive into that too much more than that. Uh, last one here. Uh, this is from Jeff Lowe. Uh, Lou Williams is only making $8 million for the Clippers. Would he be a good add? I realize we'd have to give up something good, but the second unit needs some scoring. Would the Clippers take Norm? Uh, lots of things in here to get. So Lou Williams makes eight million bucks for the Clippers. The Raptors don't have any salaries they can use to match to get Lou Williams. Um, Bebe is like the biggest salary they have, and he's like three and a half million, I think, something like that. Um, so no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. There's a trade exception too, but Lou Williams is not really a non. It's kind of a non-starter at this point because they're not going to go over the tax for Lou Williams. Um, 
And like we've seen the Lou Williams experience before. Like he's been really good this season. His game becomes less useful in the playoffs because he doesn't get the fouls he normally picks up. Um, lather, rinse, repeat. Number two, took a first round pick to get Lou last year. He's been better this year than he was last year. So you have to think a first round pick is the baseline for what it's going to take to get Lou. Um, and uh, the Raptors don't have their first round pick this season. They can't trade their first round pick from the season for, for the 2019 draft yet. Um, so no, I don't think that's going to happen either. And I don't, I mean, they take Norm, but you can't trade Norm this year because he doesn't, his extension hasn't kicked in yet. So it's all, uh, it's all non-starter for me. You're not trading for Lou Williams. And I don't think the Raptors need to make a trade. Yes, the second unit is not great on offense, but it's really good defensively. And come playoff time, we're going to see Kyle playing with the second unit significantly more. So I don't think you have to worry too much about the, you know, the the lack of offense or the perceived lack of offense from the five-man bench unit because we're not going to see it when it matters most. Um, So no, no to Lou Williams for me. Uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for sending in questions to those who did. Um, make sure you're signing up for Draft and following me on there, Locked on Sean, using the promo code LORAPTORS. Thanks to Draft for sponsoring the show. Please go to iTunes, leave a rating or review on the iTunes page. It takes no time at all. It's the easiest way to help out the show, show that you care, support, and all that good stuff. Um, and uh, I'd very much appreciate it. I'm going to do a podcast with Chris Manning of Locked on Cavs. We're going to preview the game against the, the Cavs on Thursday as useful, useless as it might be for um, sort of adding to our intelligence of these two teams. It should still be fun. It's a nationally televised game and all that stuff, LeBron in Toronto. So we'll talk with Chris about that, maybe sort of get an update on where the Cavs are at, how they're incorporating Isaiah Thomas, all that good stuff. Uh, check in on our, on our boy, Jose Calderon, of course, um, the, the ham god himself. And, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. So that'll be on Thursday. I'll probably do a post-game podcast after the game against the Cavs tomorrow as well. That'll be serving as Friday's podcast. So stay, stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This was great. Uh, and everything's fine. Everything is totally fine. I tweeted this last night. Uh, the world is a flaming sphere of garbage. And I'm, one of the very few things that I'm certain is fine on it is the Toronto Raptors. So, uh, yes, they lost, but it's all good. And we'll talk about their next game against the Cavs uh, later tonight with Chris Manning. Talk about it tomorrow night as well after the game. And uh, everything will move on. And the Raptors will... Go into the second half, at minimum, with the best first half they've ever had. So, uh, everything's pretty okay. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for me. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.